You cannot sprint a marathon. So today I'm going to talk about the importance of having clear strategy, clear tactics, because it amazes me how many business owners, busy business leaders, executives are sprinting from one thing to the next, blindly running round corners, assuming something will be there. If they just put that effort in, if they just keep going, something will happen. And there's a lot to be said for that. You can create opportunities from effort, but you've got to have some tactics as well. Welcome to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Silito. This podcast is a result of my purpose to help ambitious business owners like you avoid stress, overwhelm, and burnout in the workplace. In this podcast, I share everything I've learned about how to grow a profitable business, stay fit and healthy, maintain strong relationships, and develop the right mindset for success. So you can thrive, feel inspired, and work at your full potential. It's just the blind lead in the blind. It's just running around aimlessly. It's not having any clarity about what could be behind that wall, around that corner. And we really don't know what is ahead of us if we work that way. And I wasted so much time trying to build a personal brand, trying to build a brand, a business, trying to grow a business without truly understanding what the actual objective was. Of course, I wanted to win clients. I wanted to make money. I wanted to implement some kind of plan, but I really didn't truly understand what I was trying to do. And it really was just blindly sprinting around, hoping something would be there. And what I want us to think about today is how important it is to start thinking about the resources that we need. So once we have a a clear objective, an outcome, something that we are working towards, whether that is a big vision or something in the next 90 days, or even by the end of this week, that you have absolute clarity about the resources that you have, the resources that are available to you. So thinking about people, tools, technology, things that will help you achieve that outcome. And just stopping to reflect on that for a moment. Because when we stop to reflect, when we just slow it down and really think about what the desired outcome is and the resources that we have available to achieve that outcome, then we can start to work in a way which is without emotion, without fear, without overwhelm. Because I got so close, well, I was definitely overwhelmed by just working this way, not really taking a step back and asking myself, okay, do I have all the resources I need to achieve this outcome? And if I haven't got the resources, the people, the team to build around me, how am I going to find it? And when my business started to take a shift was when I started to recognize the power of the team. And people say to me, yeah, but I can't afford to hire anybody yet. You don't have to. The resources are there. And as long as you're getting a return on investment, then you're going to have to take a risk. If you're a business owner or a business leader, there's going to be some element of risk attached. That's the life of of being an entrepreneur, a business owner that you have to ask yourself, if I put effort in this area here, will I get a return on that investment of that time? If I hire this person over here, even if it's a contractor or somebody you can outsource, can I get a return on investment on that? And then it makes it worthwhile. Then you can think more strategically about how you're going to do it. You can't wait until you've made the money. I used to think, once I make money, I'll make my first hire. Well, you just don't get there. It just gets further and further away. Now, of course, we don't want to just hire people for the sake of it. But I genuinely believe if you are valuing your money over time, which I've talked about a lot, and you're just trying to do everything yourself, and you're not prepared to let go of that, give a bit of a cut to someone else, 
to help accelerate your business, then you're probably going to fall short. You're going to fall short of achieving your ultimate goal because that is short-sighted. So we have to think long-term that by bringing people in, whether it's a, a really good VA, PA, or an, uh, an executive assistant, or a COO, or somebody who can really make a difference to your business, to give you that space, to help you think, to reflect, to slow it down, so you can start taking some of the emotion out, you can start thinking more objectively, and then you'll start to remove that overwhelm that we can all feel as business owners. Particularly if you're a solopreneur starting out, you're looking to scale, then you really need to start thinking and acting as if you are the leader of that business and that you're building that team and you can find people with better skills, better talent than you who will be able to do it faster. In most cases, probably cheaper than what you would be charging if you were doing it yourself. What you are charging today, if you think about the money you can make from winning clients, spending that time working with clients and, and winning new business, having a really solid BD strategy. So you just focus on that. So I'm going to move on to the questions. I hope you uh, got some value from that, get you thinking about how you can scale, how you can think differently about your business. If you are experiencing overwhelm, you are looking to build your business over the next five to 10 years then start acting as if. How do you need to be today to be that leader, to have that team that you're going to have in a few years time? Right. So I'm going to start bringing up some questions. Let me just get this up here, make sure I haven't missed anything. So let me know in the comments, how do you manage? How do you stay mindful in the chaos? What do you do to calm yourself down so you have clarity and don't miss any opportunities? So let's have a look at some of the questions that came through. So the first one is an insight from Tom Haynes. Tom is someone I've worked with in the past, a strong leader. And uh, Tom says, thanks for reaching out. My insight is if you could call it that, is to immerse. So he says he immerses himself to be present in whatever he is doing, which isn't necessarily work, i.e. cooking, cleaning, playing with his son, reading, watching TV, etc. He says that he finds burnout comes when his mind is focused on the work all the time, continuously. So I love that because we've talked about this a lot, that, that ability to compartmentalize. So whatever we're doing, just being present with it. And so one of the things I start off with, probably the first activity, if you like, of my day after I've done my morning movement and meditation is make coffee. And I have a clever dripper. I don't know if anyone's ever used a clever dripper, but there's a bit of a process to it. It takes a bit of time. You know, got to grind the coffee. uh, It's on a timer, but I'm totally present. I say to myself, I don't need to be anywhere else right now other than making this coffee right now. And it's the same with mindfulness, you know, just being present in that moment and just saying to ourselves, I don't need to be anywhere else right now. If you are coaching someone in your team or you're in a meeting with a client saying to yourself, I do not need to be anywhere else right now other than with this person that's in front of me, this person on my team, this client, rather than thinking, oh, I've got to be elsewhere. I've got to do this. I should be at home. You know, I've talked about burnout comes from that tension of trying to be in two places at once where we think we should be at home having dinner with our kids, but we're out with a client or vice versa. And we just have to accept we are where we are and be present with that. So I really like that, Tom. I think it's a really good insight because I do think burnout comes from that tension of trying to be in different places at once or feeling like we should be. Okay. Another insight from Marcus Webster. He says his best advice to any exec is be an exec for work, but be yourself with your family. 
If you keep the exec persona on with your family, you will feel like you're working 24-7 and burnout will follow in one form or another. I think that's really useful because it's something Todd Herman talks about, this alter ego. And he says that, you know, this idea, this myth, he tries to debunk the myth around that we have one single self, you know, that we don't have these different egos. And we do. He says that the athlete, he talks about the NFL, the athlete is on the field competing, is not the same person that they are with their family or the person that's doing charity work in the community or whatever it is. It's a different state. And I think what Marcus is talking about there is getting into that executive state. You know, that is who I am when I'm at work. This is who I am with my family, so I'm with my friends. And we can shift. And there's still a level of authenticity that's in there, but it's authenticity with skill. So I hope that makes sense because I think that's a really important point from Marcus about turning off and being, again, it kind of touched on what Tom's talking about, but being present and being authentic with our family and not being switched on at work all the time. And I've got another kind of an insight and a question from John Holland here. And he says he's seen people suffer from burnout from working from home. So this has been prevalent during this moment in time with COVID. And, you know, the irony in some ways that the working from home has created more burnout, which I think is from this overwhelm, not sure what we should be doing, not being surrounded by people. If you get energy from people, being that social environment, people start to feel overwhelmed. And whether it's burnout or just feeling low, uh, but he's, he's noticed that. Um, so hopefully now that we are allowed to uh, get out more and interact and with one another more phys- you know, physically and see people in person, that should help. I think it will for many people. The flip side is that some people are going to have more anxiety from going out because they're happier being in that perhaps more isolated situation or work in silo. That's just some people just wired differently. So some people are going to probably suffer from going back into a busy environment. Let me know if you're one of those. Are you someone that gets your energy from people or are you worried about getting back into a social environment and working that way? And the question, this one comes up nearly every day, is do I have any tips for people thinking that they can feel burnout occurring, it's coming on, and before it comes an issue? Uh, what are the signs? Well, I've talked about this quite a lot. You know, not wanting to get up and go to work, getting up at three o'clock in the morning, completely wired, wanting to start work straight away. These are signs that burnout could be on its way. Doing multiple things, just crushing, you know, filling up your diary and thinking you're invincible for a period of time. And then that can catch up with you and lead to burnout, under eating, overeating, uh, all these different things, becoming more snappy with people, irritable, uh, just feeling low. Something we don't talk about enough when we talk about it from a practical perspective. And I will do a, a show on this at some point is diet. You know, having, making sure that we are looking after the gut and the relationship between the gut and the brain is real. And often what we see with busy entrepreneurs and busy business leaders is that their diet suffers and then they are making some bad choices, bad choices for the gut and the chemistry between the gut and the brain. You know, as I've said, there is a relationship there, so it defines how happy we are. So I think, you know, as soon as we start overeating, undereating, eating bad foods, this can lead to overwhelm and in some cases depression. And then we just get into a just disorientated. So really taking a step back. That's why the four keys for me is really important. One thing going all in your business, you've got to look after your body, you've got to look after your relationships, and you've got to look after your mindset. Keep those in balance, and then everything is good. You do that for 90 days particularly if you are looking to make some real change happen, make a commitment for 90 days, and then you'll see some real, real change. So I hope that was useful. Uh, We've got a few 
things coming in on LinkedIn. Good to see you, Gary. Focus on the three foot world. Uh, what I could control right now. Yeah, the stuff that's right in front of us. And David Gifford is saying, do you expand your support, PAs, exec coach, etc.? Or do you focus on frontline biller? David's in recruitment. And he's asking whether you get a biller on board, someone that can actually start making some money straight away. Uh, so I guess this is a lifestyle business versus scaled business, but interesting to get others' opinion on this. It's a really good question. I mean, there is an element of whether it's lifestyle business or something you want to scale, but you know, a good recruiter could do very well with a really strong EA. You know, if you're going to start positioning yourself as a thought leader and you're going to put content out there and having someone who can take that content so you don't have to be doing editing or anything crazy like that and outsource that. I think that's a really good way for the solopreneur recruiter to to really build out a business and build a team around you where you outsource this stuff. And I think once you start building a brand using those resources, then I would even consider hiring a biller, someone that can come in who's got a kind of a marketing engine behind that person, him or her, with you, David, as the thought leader driving that. And then you're at the top of your sales funnel, sales journey. And whether you are winning the work and passing it on for that person to close it and find the candidates, whatever, or to become a 360 recruiter. So obviously that's a lot of recruiters on LinkedIn. So that, you know, these questions come up a lot. So I think you you can choose. Obviously, then you've got to spend time. It's depending on how good that recruiter is. You need to spend time investing in training them and so on. And that could take you away from the work. So again, would you bring someone in to do that or invest in some online training, et cetera, for that person? So there's lots of different ways. I'm a big fan of building your brand, being the brand, getting a good EA, getting a good support network around you, outsourcing all your, your content. So become a really strong media engine for your personal brand get your nose ahead and then you can you can bring someone in to you know deal with the extra work that's coming in rather than them having to go out and hunt immediately hope that makes sense love to hear your thoughts on that so that brings us to the 15 minute mark i hope that was useful and have a great week think about how you're going to slow it down set the pace for the week so that you are removing any of that emotion that fear that you know, anything that could be causing overwhelm. You set the pace, you own it, and you will do very well. Hope that was useful. Until next time, stay well, take care. Thank you for listening to the Scale Without Burnout podcast. For more free resources and content on how to grow and lead your business and become the best version of yourself, head over to andrewsilito.com. Hold up. 